Hello my fellow felines, it's that time of week again. It's time for your weekly fix of big time Livingston FC based content with us here at the Amund View podcast. This week we are brought to you in association with Paul Monroe Massage Therapy. If you head over to Facebook and search for Paul Monroe Massage Therapy or email Paul Monroe Massage Therapy, all one word, at gmail.com for inquiries. And as a loyal customer, I can confirm he is absolutely class. There is no other man in the world I would want touching my supple body. Joining myself this week, it's a quiet one. Please give it up for the Amaview stalwarts, Owen Innes and Thomas Fro. Hello. Hello. We heard you this week, Thomas. Amazing. In this edition, we will look back at the Lions' maiden victory of the league season against the Tangerine side of Dundee at Tanadice. And in preparation for both the upcoming Almond View live show pub quiz, ooh, which is sold out, and this weekend's game against the Hibs at the Macarena, I thought, fuck it, let's get quizzical and finish on a 1v1 Livy Hibs quiz. What's that? You want to hear unbelievable content? Check. You want to hear your favourite big time boys? <laughs> Check. <laughs> Wait. You want to hear the Almond View podcast intro music? <laughs> well, that'll be a check in one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Before we get started, we have some great news. Our very own Jake Pointer got engaged to his wonderful partner Lucy. Guys, congratulations. Unbelievable content. And on behalf of everyone at the Almond View podcast, we are so happy for you both. And also on a personal note, I've been to two weddings in two weeks of close friends. So Mr. and Mrs. McCauley, congratulations. And to Mr. and Mrs. Evans, long of a day. Anyway. Enough of that fucking schmushy bloody love stuff. On Thursday evening, Dundee United got the W against AZ. But come the 7th of August 2022, the Lions of WL dished out the biggest L to United as Levy took home all three points from Tanadice thanks to a second half thunderbolt from my boy Christian Montano. Thomas, I'll come to you first. Thoughts? What were your thoughts pre-match due to United's pretty remarkable performance against the AZ, AZ Eichmar? Is that who it is? Uh, on Thursday. No. Or did you believe that that was out the window because of our recent record against them? I think I was a bit nervous. Um, obviously, we performed quite well in the, the Rangers game. Um, but it's a, it's a totally different game playing against a team like Dundee. Um, you never know kind of how both teams are going to set up. Obviously, the record has been exceptionally good, but I think it's just kind of start of season um, nerves where you just don't know what Levy's going to turn up when it's not a team battering you for 90 minutes. Like You don't know if we're going to be sloppy. Uh, but... You know, cautiously optimistic. The record helps. Them having kind of a tough midweek fixture helps as well. 
I think. Like, they're tired. We were probably a bit fresher. And I think that showed over 90 minutes at the weekend. So, yeah, I'll say cautiously optimistic. But I was impressed with them midweek. They were very good. Their goal was lovely. And I was like, shit, if they're moving the ball around like this, then we're going to be in for a long Sunday afternoon. Um, But fortunately, it was a bit better than that. It was a bit better than that. And... Thomas will forgive you, you made the Sky Sports faux pas of calling them Dundee instead of Dundee United. Ah, but fuck him. You're English. We'll, we'll, give it, we'll, we'll give you a pass on that. Um, I'll stick with you, Thomas. I'll stick with you, because I've just insulted you for your nationality for about the 400th time in the past two days. Um, <laughs> Ayo Obelai, man. He looked dangerous again, sort of attacking from the set plays. Had that overhead kick that, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too far off, actually, when you looked at it again. But, and again, he sort of dealt with everything defensively. After a shaky end to the last season and a really shaky start pre-season, are you happy to keep the status quo of Fitzwater and Io? Or do you still think that we need a wee bit of a change with if Morgan Boys can get himself back fit and up and running fairly shortly? I think having consistency in there is really important. I Obviously, I want to see boys do well. He's young. I think he could be kind of really big for the club, obviously. Do, do we have any estimation on when he'll be back? I don't know if he's... Not he from me. Owen's usually the sort of main man for this. Um, Martin Dale was saying maybe by the end of the month. That's good. Um, cause he, was, he was planning on sending him out on loan, uh, but due to the... <laughs> Just the amount of players that we have, uh, like for defensive cover, um, chances are he'll probably stay in past, um, past the the end of the month. Yeah, I think he's good enough to play first team football for us, a hundred percent. I think he was really bright at the end of last season, but I really like the consistency, and I think having there's something to be said about having a consistent centre half partnership, especially alongside Fitzy, who's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I I O is dangerous, like he. He's so imposing and he gets into the right positions going forward and that's got to be worth a few goals a season for us. Um, and at the back, yeah, a bit shaky pre-season, but looking good now. Not much to complain about over the kind of the two games and against a decent, you know, Rangers side. We made Rangers look like they had very little quality in delivery. Um, obviously, they ended up having a few good deliveries and that's how they scored the first. But... We kind of mopped everything up in that game. Same with the Dundee United game as well. Uh, so I just want to emphasise that there. Guys, um, sports. <laughs> but nah, nah, happy, happy to keep it going. Um, as I said, consistency is key in those positions, and it's it's probably good for the goalkeeper as well for, mm. for George coming in um, to have that kind of consistency in front of him. And two, like kind of fairly experienced players or players that are at least experienced beside each other. To know what they're doing, kind of know they know each other well. They've had a full season together, and I bet I bet there's not that many seasons over the last twenty years where we've had a consistent centre half partnership for a couple of years. Mm. Um, you know, especially over the last kind of ten years. So it's good to see, good to kind of for the keeper, and um, yeah, keep it as it is. Boys is going to be around for a while. If he's not, that means we've sold him for good money. So he's got plenty of time. He can fill in at left back. I think I think stick with him for now. 
Nice. Yeah, I think it's it's been good to see because, as I said, I think there was one one preseason game I was at that Ayo maybe Kate did he come on against Linlithgow or or not? It was maybe one of the Betfred Cup games, um, and the fans were on his back already, and you're just thinking like, man, he's the next mistake. That's him. The fans will just be. It's a bit like the whole match strategy situation. I think like. Ayo maybe had like one more before the fans are a bit like nah, no more, no more when he is actually a really important player and the amount of stuff that he done for us last season was remarkable it's just can be a bit shaky from time to time but who who isn't he to be honest if you're playing for Livingston you're not going to be the most consistent player in the world but show absolute sheer quality um, a lot of the time Um we're gonna dive in. This is this. I was I was almost sick in my mouth writing down this question because it's it's teetering on actual football chat. We have been playing quite narrow because we've had a lineup of about five centre mids, um, playing various different parts in the midfield. They've all not been sort of squished into the middle of the park, but they have been sort of attacking. But it's five centre mids. The past two lineups, playing a wee bit more narrow instead with actual wingers. Owen, are you happy to keep going with this? Because it's clearly working. Fair play against Rangers. We lost, but we created a few chances. Dundee United, we created chances and we kept their chances to a minimum. So are you happy to keep going with the uh, with the Martindale tactical dream of five centre mids? It's definitely working. <clears throat> like without without a doubt, it's definitely working. Um, so I was, I was trying to kind of work it out in my head, and then like what what I kind of like eventually came on to was that it must be some kind of uh, you know, like Kelly sitting two in front and then two sitting behind um, Nubly essentially, you know. So you got Andrew Shinney and and Pittman, and he, he, like his last season, mind we were talking about like how does Shinney fit into this because he plays the same position as Pittman. Well, there we go. We've 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 worked out how to do that because we literally just put Shinny and Pittman standing next to each other, and you know, and it seems to be working. Um, I mean, the, the, but what what kind of maybe slightly annoys me was the fact that uh, the Martin Dell came out saying, "I'm going to get loads of wingers. I'm going to get tons of wingers," you know, and and so we then go out there and get loads of wingers. <laughs> We're not bloody using any of them, which doesn't make any sense. But I think. We know that the so playing five central midfielders is fair enough, but we know that each of those five players can play. You know they're good on the ball. They make forward passes. Um, sorry for boring you there, Liam. <laughs> they, you know they're 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 really really good on the ball. Sean Kelly's brilliant on the ball. You've got Omionga. I mean, because I was even thinking, you know, before the Rangers game, how on earth are we going to get Kelly Omionga Holt? Shinny and Pittman into the side, and David Martindale's just like just said, "Fuck it, boys! All he is on, <laughs> we'll play one up front. That's it." Um, so it's actually been—I mean, it, it sounds really stupid, but it's also pretty ingenious uh, that that's the case. One thing uh, as well, you would kind of maybe like to see us trying the wingers out. 
you know, um, like uh, Moyo and, and even giving Mullins some game time and slightly changing the shape ever so slightly. You know, even doing the, again, I'm going to use it, the trope, putting Andrew Shinney up top, moving Joel Nubley out wide and then putting Mullin on one side or something. Just slightly alternating the shape. Um, but it's working. We played brilliantly against Rangers, um, almost to the point of unlucky that we kind of lost it um, or maybe even didn't walk away with a point. Um, but it's clearly worked against Dundee United. Defence has been solid. I'm quite happy. No, I uh, I absolutely agree. Right, Owen, we'll stick with you, sort of in a same in a in a similar sort of vibe in terms of um, first choice lineup or the first eleven. Noobs was doing noobs things again. Is he? the first choice, number nine now, and will we maybe see a change against Hibs, considering it's a home game, we have a decent record against Hibs, they don't like people in their faces, so would it actually be worth trying Bruce and Noobs up top together against Hibs? Now that is a very difficult question to even contemplate an answer to without any form of uh, actual thought going into it. Um, Christ. Noobs has been doing, as you said, what Noobs does. He's brilliant. Like, I think he's he's probably one of the best carriers of the ball and, like, best player to hold up the ball probably since Fernandez that I've seen for Livingston anyway. Um, I mean, there's probably been more, but, I mean, Skiggle, perhaps, you know, he carried the ball really well. But he holds up the ball really well. He's got a great... See that pass that he played through to Pittman? Like, it was almost a carbon copy of Pittman's goal against Dundee United. It, it, um, it does that. Like, Noobs plays that pass at least once a game. Yeah, like, and yeah, it's and, like, and perfectly it's, on yeah. every single time. It's perfectly weighted. Um, I mean, it's so unlucky that he never that, that he never scored. And it was only because the keeper was off his line, like, really, really quickly to get to it. Um, or to get at least a block in. Um, because we haven't really seen very much of of Bruce yet, it's kind of a bit like Noobs is more up to speed. Hibs will be quite buoyant after getting the you know getting the last minute winner. The human submarine is back at Hibs as well, so you know we're we're going to have to be very clever defensively as to not you know give away his standard fucking penalty uh, that he usually gets. Um, so. I don't think we will change it. I don't think I want it to change. Because again, that midfield five, there isn't a single player from that midfield five that I would take out, that I would drop in order to put another striker on. Um, Which is a shame because Bruce, I mean, Bruce was the hero last season. You know, Bruce and, you know, there was talk of him moving. You know, there's talk of offers coming in from clubs and things like that. He's he's obviously staying around, which is great. But it's also like he hasn't really shown very much in the preseason games to show he should be playing. And Noobs has. So it's kind of a I'm I'm stuck in two minds about it really. Um I mean don't get me wrong, I'd rather Bruce anywhere near the team over Gonchalves. So 
I would like to maybe see us maybe go to a two up front, and I mean like a, a solid two up front, as opposed to having one out wide and one through the middle. Um, and Nibs and Anderson would be brilliant for that. Um, but it's just that five in midfield is just perfect. The four at the back has been really good as well. So, you, you know, this, I, I wouldn't want to change it. I really wouldn't want to change it. Thomas, I'm going to come to you on something that Owen said or a player that he mentioned. Our man Isma Goncalves, where does this leave him? Like, do you think he's ever going to get another sniff? Because the one on the one hand, he's a, he's a fairly decent player. He's maybe just not up to scratch, but we won't be paying him pennies. He won't be like a jet sort of deal, I don't think. Like, he'll be on fairly decent money, and it's going to be a bit of a waste if he's just sat on the bench the whole time. I think it's very early days to, like, talk about this. To be honest, I think we've played two games. Fair play. Two games of the actual season where we've kind of used this five centre mid system. Um, I can imagine there will be games this season where we will play like a more traditional four three three with wingers. Um, you know, certainly against teams that will maybe sit back, sit deep. Um, teams kind of further down the week, maybe you probably want to use a bit more width there. So I think he, there'll probably be chances for him. And it is, it's a long season as well, especially if you do all right in a couple of cups. It's its a long, long season. So, you know, I think there's chances for him. I think I think we can write him off. Obviously, he didn't set the world on fire in pre-season in the Betfred when he did play. But, you know, we were just saying Io was a bit shaky pre-season. Like, we don't know what he's going to come in and do. He might come in and, you know, score a couple important goals off the bench, fight his way into the first team, playing whatever. Like, we just don't know yet. Mm. We're going to choose to be kind of, again, use this word, cautiously optimistic um, that he can have an impact. Because you, you've got to want him to have an impact. Because yeah, yeah. if he has an impact, it means that he's coming on and scoring goals or getting assists and Livy are probably doing well. So... Yeah, we've got to hope for the best for him. You know, if it doesn't work out at the end of the season, then it is what it is, and then see what happens, see what David wants to do with him. But you know, it's it's a long season, it's early early doors. Um, give him a chance. Let's see. Let's see where it goes from here. And we actually own him. It's not like so. I was going to say, no, Soto needs a chance. Chuck needs a chance last season, but they were lone players, so they mm. could kind of. Like, it, we're not developing. We're developing a player for someone else, getting minutes for a player for someone else. When obviously the team comes first, we own this guy. He's on a contract, so it's kind of in our best interests for him to develop and get back used to. Because he's not played a massive amount of football, as far as I believe. No, so, no. Yeah, so I think. He, Sorry, on you go. No, I was just gonna say. So, if if he can come and get back into a bit of rhythm, then yeah, I think it's best for all parties, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I've seen flashes of him. You know, thinking he'll he'll do all right, but then it was more just the fact, you know, that red card against Cove. Fair enough, it was it was a stupid thing that he done. It was a straight red, so couldn't play for a couple of games, and then his struggle to get back in, which made me think. 
the fact that because we had no other choice, because Bruce isn't really fully fit yet, um, than to play Nubly up top, and then now he's gone. Okay, like we're seeing something from Nubly up top now, and then we know Anderson gives you he gives you loads of energy, he gives you running, yeah, and he knows where the back of the net is. Whereas with Isma, it's like this guy's come in, as you said, not really set the world alight in pre-season. The goal he scored against Lundlithgow was amazing. True. Um, but just, yeah, another couple of years, just sort of like, uh, like, where is he going to get the minutes? It's a bit like Mullen or, um, I mean, even Bruce didn't even come off the bench on Saturday or, or um, Sunday. Um so you are just sort of thinking, where where are these players going to get the minutes? And you know, we're recording on the night that Livingston B go through to Bonnie Rick Rose. Might be a couple of first team players, but doesn't sound like there will be. But anyway, let's move on. Don't want to sound too negative, just, considering just, that we have three sorry, points. Liam, there's just one other thing I want to say on that exact point, and uh, and it is a very good point to make. Just two words: Sean Kelly. Yeah, everyone yeah. had him written off at the start of last season, and he's ended up being one of our most consistent and top performers in the last, like, for the last few games of last season and the first few games of this season as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I take your point because mm-hmm. it wasn't a dig at me, but I do take the point that I did mention, <laughs> Mister Conchalves. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's one of those things that yeah. As I say, yeah. I'm sort of struggling. You should never write off a player that plays for Livingston because chances are they'll end up coming good at some point. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the actual, the main event of the game. Joel Nubley scored last week. His first goal since joining Livy. What a goal it was. Montano this week. Unbelievable strike. Edge of the box. Brilliant work from our man Nicky Devlin again. Just sort of that generic Livy closing down, never, never thinking that anything's a lost cause, and the pressure put on by Devlin to just let the ball gets a foot on the ball, knocks it into space. Boom! Montano just thinks I'm hitting this first time, and we've spoken about how he doesn't really have much of a final product or we haven't seen it yet he gets a bit becomes a bit of a shite bag as soon as he's anywhere near the 18 yard box he does so well to he could skin 10 players and then as soon as he's on the D at the 18 yard box he goes I've done my bit now it's for someone else to take over the mantle um, so we'll just I'm going to come to both of you just what, do you what did you think of the goal Thomas we'll start with you what was your what, what was your thoughts when you first seen the goal unbelievable We've been due a goal like that. We don't score mm. enough goals like that. They are always mm. scored into us. Usually it's from a slack defensive header, to be fair. But, you know, I'd probably be saying the same thing about the the not the ball not getting cleared um, if it happened against us and getting recovered by kind of one of our players. But the, as you said, the work for Devlin was unbelievable. Um, the kind of the desire and effort to be able to kind of go and recover that as quickly as he did in a dangerous situation. And then just to kind of have the confidence to just drop it into that area for the strike. Um, unbelievable. Uh, 
it was it was a proper raker. Like he absolutely went through it and kind of you see it for the angle behind the goal and it's just perfect. Like just sits through, keepers a little bit unsighted. Um it's not, you know, one of those ones that go like right in the corner or anything, but the keeper's got no chance. With that power from that distance and, you know, with a couple of defenders in his way, the keeper's got absolutely no chance. And it's lovely to see because we've had so many shots like that that have been kind of just wide or uh, deflected or blocked and it's just good to see one come off absolutely loved it it was it was great and good to see Christian getting a goal as well because he's he's done well he's done well mm-hmm. um, you know we've definitely seen kind of glimpses of of his quality but it was really good to see him get the goal and he looked like he fucking loved it as well like he looked like he was absolutely buzzing um, yeah delighted really good goal yeah I think for me I've I've said it about uh, to be honest I've said it about a couple of players and Nubly was one and Montagno the other that as soon as they get one I think that'll be it I think it's Nubly will I mean if it wasn't for Nubly actually doing the work that he does um, the chance would never have come about because again he sort of picked up the ball in a difficult area jinked past a couple of players hit a shot gets parried and then we get second phase of that um ends up scoring an amazing goal. Um, so do you yeah, reckon think... that uh, Nubly would have shot last season? Seeing that same scenario, do you reckon that Nubly would have actually taken a shot in that scenario? Um, probably, yeah, no, probably not. I was, I I was quite even... surprised seeing mm. him going through on goal. Yeah, and I mean, he had one later on as well that, you know, from outside the box, but again, like shot his power of shots isn't his strong point. He he was trying to sort of reverse it into the corner, but it just so happened the keeper was on that side anyway and sort of made it look a wee bit easier than probably what it was. But um when what did you think of, of the uh, the strike itself? Strike was fucking it's it's one of those weird ones. See the, the more that I look at it, it the more bizarre that it almost looks it almost looks like it goes through the goalkeeper. Like because the because it looks like it's headed straight to the goalkeeper. But it's almost like the goalkeeper kind of jumps over the top of it. It's it's quite a weird kind of strange goal. Um, but the the hit was just fantastic to, to even contemplate hitting that first time, uh, with that kind of composure and that amount of power through the ball was, you know, it's it's a it's a feat on its own, on its own there. Mm. Um, in terms of the lead up to the goal, it had shades of um Sean Byrne to um. Uh, no, to um, Jacobs in the oh yeah yeah against Partick Thistle, um, just just the way that he kind of just muscles and then just flicks it over and then it just hits it first time, um, yeah, and it was one of those as well. You could see it coming a mile off as well. You know, Devlin kind of going down and then he wins the ball, and then as soon as he wins the ball, you you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is a goal, Do you know, um. But one thing I was worried about is Devlin was on a yellow card at that point. And I was like, oh, this this highlight here is probably Devlin getting sent off or something. <laughs> you know, I was like, it would have just been our luck. Our luck that, you know, Devlin would have just, you know, given him a slightly push or something like that. Free kick, yellow card, and off, you know. But the, uh, yeah, Montano just smashing that was, was just brilliant. And it's, the spin on the ball as well as it gets past it, because it's obviously not necessarily past it. It's kind of flicked, and the ball is spinning like fuck as he hits it. 
um, which I think maybe gave the, the ball a wee bit of a, a nice wee swerve after he hit it, but definitely one of the better, uh, one of the best Livy goals I've, I've probably seen in the last. And it's a proper Livy goal, you know, as we're saying, with the closing down at Devlin. Just, yeah, there's no more you can really say about it. Yeah. Um, something I was just going to mention myself that I noticed, I think, um, again, he didn't have too much to do, but Shamal George, everything that he did have to do, he dealt with uh, everything that he did have to do, he dealt with very well. A uh, couple of pop shots from distance, a really good save from Tony Watt. So, again, just class, being confident in a keeper, again. Um, and that's, I feel bad sort of saying that, because it seems as if it's a sort of direct dig at Ivan and Max, who are both very good keepers. I actually sat and watched um, the highlights of the, the Celtic... 1-0 game last season and if it wasn't for Max Strajic we weren't winning that game so um, yeah but I think Shamal's going to be a massive player for us um, and then finally just to quickly wrap up I'll just come to you both very briefly that's three points on the board already um, ahead of some really tough fixtures coming up um, you know Hibs on Saturday you know, they had a bit of a shaky start to the the Betfred Cup campaign. Lost already on a plastic pitch, so fingers crossed another defeat. We had a good record against them last season, but as Owen said, they're a bit... Um, they'll be buzzing off um, a last minute. I was going to say Derby win, it was a draw, but to score in the last minute and the fact it was a returning hero of Hibs and Martin Boyle... Um, See, as I said, we've got a, a tough run of fixtures. So Hibs at home, obviously, as I mentioned, on Saturday, then the week after, away to Motherwell. We haven't won at Motherwell f- for 20 years, I think it is. Um, away to Aberdeen. We have a mixed <laughs> record at Aberdeen these days. Um, and then a, the last fixture in August is a cup fixture against Dundee United. But, you know, three very tough um, league games and then after that it's Hearts at home so to get three points on the board so early it's nothing but a good thing surely like were you if the first three games of the season being Rangers at home Dundee United away and Hibs at home three points from those first three games surely would have been desirable if you were offered them Thomas yeah I think we probably would have taken it um you know, still hopeful to make it six points, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Hibs, Absolutely. Hibs didn't look that great in the derby, but they are on that kind of... I think Boyle comeback's huge for them. It's, a, it's about belief and about getting the fans behind them, and I think the fans will be behind them a wee bit more now, um, despite their kind of pre-season woes and registration issues. Uh, but, you know, I'd, yeah, I think three points can be more than happy with that I think you're always a bit worried pre-season that you're going to go on a bit of a bad run but you know hopefully it's a good sign we've played well so far so yeah tough run but be alright Owen what's your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are really the only two sides out of those upcoming fixtures I'm concerned about is Aberdeen and Hearts like I've you know got no feelings that you know Hibs Hibs are easily one of those teams we can either grind out a win or we could potentially get a draw 
you know, like like going into those games against Hibs, you know, I, I never really feel as though we're going to lose, you know, against Hibs. I mean, and, and fair enough, if we do, we do, but I've never had that kind of dreaded feeling that that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, but with Aberdeen, they look really good. A couple of their goals that they scored at the weekend there were really, really good goals. Um, so kind of, you know, I think they are going to be on that trajectory now. They've made some really impressive signings, uh, and Hearts as well. I mean, Lawrence Shankland being at Hearts is, uh, I I think Hearts bringing in Shankland is an absolute masterstroke. Um, because they've got like an aging Liam Boyce who cannot seem to keep himself fit at all. Um, so now they've got like a striker who's still young, he's only 25, 26 or something like that. You know, I think he's going to be magic for them. Uh, Motherwell. Again, one of those teams that, as as you were saying, Liam, we don't have a great record against them. But they're one of those teams that I go into it with quite a lot of confidence. I don't think they look good. I don't think they made good sign-ins. Um, you know, the results aren't incredible. So, you know, over those over those games, I'd be I'd be happy with six, four or six points at the next kind of four four games or so. I, I'd be quite happy with that. Finally, before we finish up, we know this has been a long section, so we just wanted to let you know that this weekend, the 14th of August 2022, the women return, the women's fitback, the SWF Championship returns, and Livingston are away to Drybra Athletic, that is at Glenex Park in Dundee. As I said, on the 14th of August with a 1pm kickoff. If you're in the Dundee area, if you like Dundee, if you love the ladies, if you love the Livy, get along, support the women, and let's get them off to a winning start in the championship before some promotion glory, baby. Fuck Dundee. Ahead of the Lions welcoming Hibs to the Macarena. On Saturday, I thought, fuck it, there's only two other boys here. Let's get quizzical. Let's do the Almond View quiz. I love doing it. They love doing it. We assume you like hearing it. You've not said otherwise, so if you didn't like hearing it, please tell us. And also for the fact that our pub quiz is a mere week away by the time this episode comes out. Thank you so much. We've not even mentioned it yet, so thank you so much for buying so many tickets. Uh, it's going to be an amazing night. Special guests coming. We've got prizes. We've got Jake. We've got Povey. We've got Owen. Thomas, you've got me. There's prizes. You've got Jake. You've got Owen. You've got Pope. There's. It's just, there's going to be fucking hunters. It's going to be such a great night. That is on the 19th of August, Friday the 19th, the day before we play Motherwell away um, and if it's a success we might do another one, never know it might be in a bigger venue, you never know you might be able to get a ticket, you never know so, anyway so we thought, the quiz everyone loves a quiz, so it's a Livy Hibs quiz there are three questions each for the boys to answer so, up first 
in the name of wheels it is Thomas Fro. Oh no. Thomas Fro, how do you feel? Oh, terrible. You Nervous. fucking hate the quiz. Have you won a quiz yet? I have, I have won a quiz. I've won one or two. Um, but Toby's not here to finish below me today. So. On a bit... technicality, though, if he's not here, he's forfeited. Yeah, he's already bottom of the league. So. Povey and Jake are already on minus three goals, zero points because they yeah. didn't turn up. Um, they forgot to their player had a yellow card and uh, or a suspension, and they played them anyway, so they've forfeited the game. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So Thomas, are you ready for question one? Yeah. Let's you have go. Three questions. It's a point pair question. Not giving out bonus points because I was like, if I do that, then I have to keep score in it. Uh, so if you're wrong, you're wrong. All right. Okay. Maybe get a half point if I can be asked. So, <laughs> question one Who are the two ex Hibernian players currently in the Livingston squad? I need the names of the two ex Hibernian players currently in the Livy squad. I feel like this should be way easier than it actually is. Or the easier than I'm making it. There's, uh, there's one that should be easy, and one you'll go, oh. So, Big Stefan, Omionga, there's number one. And I will say. Um, so, Pitts was signed at Hibs, was he not? Is that your final answer? Yes. No. <laughs> Unless he was signed at Hibs at youth level when he was playing under eight football. The the I was looking for professional. The correct answers from this and this is me again. I am the quiz master of failing quizzes. So the two that I could see were Stefano Mionga, who you got right, I'll give you half a point, and Andrew Shinney. Oh aye. spent some time on loan at Hibernian back in the day. Question two, current, Livingston's current assistant manager is obviously the amazing Marvin Bartley, a former Hibs hero, but an ex-Livingston, not even hero, legend, is the current Hibs assistant manager. Who is it? I have no clue. I will give you a, I'll give you a clue because I know you're struggling. Owen is champing at the bit here. He also his his connection with Livingston also has a massive connection with Hibs. I can't be any more clearer than that. Um fuck. This is like the names on like the tip of my tongue. But nah. Nah. I'm not even gonna guess because I'll make a fool of myself. The names on my t- on the tip of my tongue, but you'll see it, it and I'll be like, yeah, that's what I meant. It's Livingston's number three, Jamie McAllister. Yeah, I was gonna say Lee McAllister, like that was in my head for oh. something. I just that's why I didn't answer because you'd be going, You're a fucking idiot, and everyone is now thinking I'm a fucking idiot, which I am. So, uh, you were thinking Lee McAllister because Lee Mako ghosted us last week, <laughs> yeah. And finally, right, this one should be easy, man. I'm not even gonna ask you for the names. If you give me the names, I can't give you a bonus point because I'm not handing them out, but of the 14 Livingston players 
that appeared in the CIS Cup final in 2004, how many have been interviewed by the Almond View podcast? Fernandez? Lily? Mackenzie? And I feel like there's another one. God, this is bad. I need to stop drinking when we're recording. I'm going to say three, and that's the three. But or did you say there's four? I didn't. See, I didn't see a number. Right. I'm just going to sit with that. I'm. I'm struggling here. So, Roddy McKenzie, correct. Derek Lilly, correct. David Fernandez, obviously correct. The nicest man we spoke to, Oscar Rubio. Oh, fuck. Aye. Oh, mate. If oh, Oscar, Oscar Rubio's the sort of guy that would still listen to this, even though he has no idea what we're talking about with the current Levy squad, and he will be crying at the fact that you forgot. Next time I step off the plane in Spain, I'm just going to get two-footed. He, no, I don't think he would two-foot you. Yeah, I think he would appear at the airport with flowers with tears streaming down his face and and an apology card saying sorry I didn't make that much of an impression on you like like, he's he's the most gentle soul in the world and you forgot about him it's like someone returning from Casa Amor with someone else (laughs) yeah you stay you come he's he's waiting for you at the main villa and you've come hand in hand with Emmanuel Dorado (laughs) from Casa Amor and um, he's going, Rubio, Rubio, who the fuck is Oscar Rubio? Uh, right, okay, Owen. Uh, I don't even know how many, so you got half a point. Half a point, Thomas. <laughs> Actually, I'll give you I'll give you another half point, because you got three out of the four. Right, I'm not giving I, you... I will, I will agree to that. Yeah, so... You I think got that's one, fair. Three out of the four was good. One point, one point. Right, so... And to be fair, I I didn't even ask for the names. I just asked for the number. But the fact that you named them, that's fair enough. That's where your half point comes from. Owen, are you ready for your three Livy Hibs questions? By all means. So, question number one. Before our 3-0 victory at Easter Road during the COVID season in January 2021, in what year was our last victory at Easter Road? Um, gonna take a guess. I right, maybe two thousand and four. Same year we won the CIS Cup. So close! It was two thousand five. It was a. It was another three 0 victory. I almost um, changed my mind there. I almost changed my mind, but yeah. I remember that game. I think uh, what's his name? Hassan Kashlo pretty much won the game by himself. Question number two. True or false, Livingston were undefeated against Hibs last season. Last season. False. Correct, it's false. We lost the first game against them 2-0. And finally, this is for the win. And again, I'm not asking for the names. Okay. Just the number. In the four games that Livingston played Hibs last season, how many managers were in charge of Hibs in total? 
Oh. Oh. Does this, uh, now, does this include caretaker managers or just permanent? Yeah. Permanent, yeah. so includes yeah, caretaker yeah, yeah. managers. Um, I'm gonna take a guess. Oh man, man alive! I'm going the same number that Thomas went for and hoping that it's fucking correct. I think I think it's Jack Ross, Sean Maloney, and David Gray. And so I'm going for three. Have you won a quiz before, Owen? Uh, once. I think genuinely once. <laughs> you have won another. Congratulations. Yep, it was three yeah. Hibs managers in total. Jack Ross uh, overseen the 2-0 victory for Hibs in the start of the season. Uh, and he was then sacked immediately after a 1-0 defeat to Livingston at the yeah. 20-mark. Sean Maloney overseen the amazing 3-2 victory at Easter Road. Well, victory for Lovey, obviously. And right. then finally, he was sacked. I think it may have been after that game as well. I think it was directly. I think we yeah. basically had every single Hibs manager sacked last season. And then... Permanent manager. David Gray then took over and he oversaw our 1-0 victory thanks to Scott Pittman in May, whenever the season ends. So congratulations, Owen, you have won the quiz two points to one. Well done. Congrats. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm incredibly happy. Incredibly happy to be here. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne, and many more. Check out our social media. Twitter and Instagram is at Pod. Facebook and YouTube, just search for the Amund View Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to wherever you stream your podcast to get notified about new content. Forza Levy, hope to see you next week.